Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We'll call 1-800-BETS-OFF. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two-for-one Happy CBD Cocktails, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, hour number two, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Millers, we take you up until noon. Bottom of the hour or thereabouts, Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. He will join us, the latest on Iowa State coming up uh, with Nick Olson. You heard the music. That means it's a baseball conversation about to take place, and indeed it is. Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. His latest power rankings are out uh, on the site, cbsports.com, under the MLB link. And he joins us. Hello, Matt, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Very good. Um, I, I think one of my favorite things from yesterday was there were three walk-offs out west within about 15 minutes of each other. So I was just thinking, hey, you know what? It was Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, maybe a lot of gifts. Uh, tickets were gifts for mothers, and they got to see their teams walk it off. So that was pretty cool. You know, I, the um, obviously they want to sell some apparel that Major League Baseball does. What did you think of the caps that every team was wearing yesterday? Um, not horrible. You know, I, <laughs> I've gotten, I've grown so so accustomed to uh, like the mass freakouts on Twitter about how terrible everything is. Yeah. But I, for the most part, they were fine. Um, one of the first games, I, I did a lot of stuff during the day with my family. Um, and once I settled in, one of the first games I turned on was uh, early in the Padres Marlins game, and I was the first thought was like, "Man, these are better than the Marlins regular jersey." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it looked beautiful with the Twins baby blues yesterday, along with the mm. pink. It was a really, really good look. But we'll get to those Twinkies in a little bit in the American League Central as the White Here Sox have figured it out. Sox. Six in a row out of them. But want to start with the most important team here in our market and this team that you root for. The Chicago Cubs. The Cubs got off to a decent start, and it has gone south, obviously, mm-hmm. since then, as they sit here today at 9-18. and 18. I don't think we're going to be talking a ton about the Cubs, but it's more of a big-picture kind of question. Break it down, build it back up. That's what small market teams have to do. Cubs certainly are not that, but here we are. As you look at the process that they're going through right now, where are they? And disappointment, not doing it correctly, how are they going to pull themselves out of this after they spend a little bit on Suzuki? Hayward's going to be coming off the book soon. But when you look big picture, your thoughts on what the Cubs are trying to accomplish? Terrible shape right now. And pretty much, pretty unacceptable, actually. I mean, to be frank, because once I, you understood when you hired Theo Epstein, massive teardown, okay, especially now in hindsight. I mean, I understood it at the time, but especially now in hindsight, because they won the World Series. 
So, of course, they did that right. But once you got that team in that market to that point that they were contending for the playoffs every single year, this never should have happened again. Look at the Yankees. Like, Yankees fans talk about the, the lean years, and it's like a low 80s win total. Are the Cardinals <laughs> ever terrible? No. Are the Dodgers ever awful? It, it, it should never, ever, ever have been like this uh, once they built that. And, and that's what I think. I don't know if you want to put the full blame on Epstein. Uh, I wouldn't put all of it on him because the Ricketts family certainly deserves some of it when they, they kind of tamp down on spending at some point. But I guess you could also argue, did they need to keep spending every single offseason in order to compete? You should have had the foundation built up. Um, it, it certainly is early-ish in Jed Hoyer's tenure when he's a top dog, but, man, it sure doesn't look like it's going well so far. So uh, a lot of blame to go around right now. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be a quick turnaround either. So I think it's it's they're in bad shape. And again, I would just reiterate that it should never, ever, ever have been like this again. Not in a big market like that. I totally agree with you. All the money that they've spent surrounding the ballpark and snapping up all of that property. And uh, that's where their money's been spent instead of on the yeah. roster. And here's the thing. You get to Memorial Day or around that time period, they got to go across town, play the White Sox. Then the Brewers come in for four and the Cardinals come in for five. And now they catch their breath with the Orioles, and here come the Yankees. Uh, not not going to be easy, but I, I'm totally with you that this is this is unacceptable, and Cubs fans uh, I don't think should put up with it. So having said that, I, I cracked Twitter this morning. I saw at some point, maybe it was yesterday, David Ross was trending. There, I mean, he's not going to be the fall guy for it's not his fault that no, this no, no, team no. has won three out of their last seventeen. No, I don't think so. I think he he made some comments post game. Uh, it was nothing bad that I didn't think, but I did see the comments. Maybe that's why he was trending. I, I don't know. Jeez, uh, I don't know. No, because they played Sunday night, so it wouldn't have been if it was the afternoon. I, I don't know. I, maybe there was some fan movement, but it's not his fault. I, I, In fact, I think he's pretty good at dealing with the bullpen. I mean, I would argue with some of his lineups, but there's two things to that. Number one, I think everybody would argue with something with the manager's lineups, no matter who the manager was. Mm-hmm. And number two, I think a lot of it comes from the front office on what they're trying to do, and he's just kind of doing what they tell him. I don't think managers outside like Dusty Baker, Buck Showalter, and Bob Melvin fully have the lineup card these days. Even like Kevin Cash doesn't. I don't think David Dave Roberts does. So it must have been some kind of fan movement, but that's ridiculous. There's no way it's Ross couple losses over the weekend for the top team in the division against the Braves. That is the Brewers as they fell uh, 3-2 on Saturday, 9-2 on Sunday. Still, the Brewers are in first place. How big of a gap do you believe there is between the Brewers and the Cardinals? Very slight. Um, I I know they put up a lot of runs, runs against the Reds last <laughs> week. And uh, I'm looking now. Yeah, Brewers lead the National League in runs scored. I, I, I'm not buying that at all. There's got to be some empty runs in there if I did some digging because they're 11th in the league and on base percentage. So once they're getting guys on, they're getting almost all of them home, and a lot of times that's not sustainable. So I, I just I don't love their offense. Starting pitching's great, although Woodruff has not been good at all. Mm-hmm. Peralta's not been good at all. You wonder how sustainable this, things are with Lauer. Um, and you, you look at the Cardinals. I, I just I don't feel like they've played their best. And they're still just right there. They're doing things like going out and splitting games with the Giants, which is not an easy task. 
Arenado's playing like an MVP, obviously. They're getting great work from Edmund. Uh, Goldsmith, good. But it feels like the lineup is capable of more. Hey, and let's give a shout to Yepes right, right yeah. now on the, the great five-game start. But overall, it just feels like 10th uh, in the NL and run score. The Brewers are first. I, I think I would take the Cardinals offense the rest of the season. So Interesting. It seems like it'll it'll even out from both sides there. And, uh, you know, the Cardinals, Flaherty's hurt. Wainwright's on the IL now. I don't know. I, I like the Cardinals better the, the rest of the way, frankly. Um, two and a half games better? I don't know, because I think it's slim. Like I said, it's slim both ways. I think those two are going to go down to uh, close to the variance. You mentioned Flaherty. What have you heard, if anything, when he's coming back? I know he's throwing a couple of bullpen Nothing. sessions, but I mean, if he comes back healthy, we know what a guy, he can be the top of the rotation guy for them. Yeah, not, we haven't heard much, uh, so it leads me to believe it'll be a while, mm-hmm. but sometimes it doesn't take that long for a guy to make that kind of impact. You just think about when he was in the Cy Young mix a few years yep. ago, if you get that version of him, and let's say he comes back in late July, it would be like trading for an ace right in front of the trade deadline. Yep. We've seen what kind of a difference that can make. Look what Max Scherzer did for the Dodgers last year. Mm. Um, so uh, he, I, I feel like he could be a major difference maker if that thing's close. Um, it's a tough call in that division. Like I said, I, I think the Cardinals are better the rest of the way, but it's really close, and the Brewers have spotted themselves a two-and-a-half game lead right now. So that that should be a good race. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be. Just one more on, on – uh, we'll get to the American League and the White Sox and the Twins in a second. Where are you guys on Christian Yelich? It seems like he's, he's not back, but he seems like he's Man. headed back. You know what I mean? He means he's not, Maybe. He, he looks as though he's starting to figure it out a little bit. Maybe. I, I just I, I don't he's never gonna be as good as two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen and I don't think that's a bold statement at all. Um strikeout rates high, he hits the ball on the ground still too much, he has started to lift a few. Uh this might be what he is. Like mm-hmm. two forty eight is not really a low average this year. I I I haven't looked in a little bit, but my guess is the league average is down in the two thirties. <laughs> Uh, so he's like an above-average hitter, pretty good hitter overall. This is probably where he is. I don't think we're going to see him look like an MVP anytime soon. Gotcha. Let's go to the American League Central. The Twins finish off the series with another tight win. All one-run victories against Oakland over the weekend, but they all count as they're 18-11. White Sox catching hot, but this was a shocker. I love what you guys have over at CBSSports.com. Of course, you have all the standings, run differential against divisions, on and on and on. But you also have your guys' sports line projections, and the team right now projected with the best chance of winning the division is the Cleveland Guardians. They are They're at pounding oh, the really? ball. That, that is okay. Uh, I looked like middle of last week, so it, that's long. Yeah, well, the, the Guardians did have a good week there. Yeah. I mean, it, those it, young guys are Blue swinging. Jays it. And, and the Blue Jays and Padres mm-hmm. they went four and two there. That's a, that's a good, especially with all the, they had three different rainouts. Uh, two sets of doubleheaders. Okay. Well, it's close there. Uh, around 86 wins, 84 and 83. Ooh, man, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. A, a nice three-team race there. Um, I, I still I disagree with those projections. For me, the Guardians are third, mm-hmm. and it's it, White Sox and, and Twins are the top two. Not necessarily in that order, but hey, it'd be fun if that was a three-team race there. And you could totally see that happening. It's Jose Ramirez taking that hometown discount, playing like an MVP right now. 
And like you said, the, the Guardians are getting some nice work from some youngsters, possibly even unexpected. I mean, I don't think we – well, <laughs> Owen Miller, this is too good. He's not going to yeah. keep this up, obviously. Uh, Stephen Kwan looks like legitimate in, in terms of the plate discipline. Miles Straw with a nice start. Uh, we know what you're going to get from the pitching. They're going to be among the, the better pitching teams in the league, at least at some point, you would expect. Now, uh, several of them, like Zavali and uh, Plezak, haven't been great, but uh, I, I think eventually you, you can kind of see them settling in to being really good at pitching and not as great on the offensive side. Third best team in that division for me. Mm. Well, the White Sox, they, um, about a, was it a week ago that they, that the Angels were in town and they were, had a six run lead going into the ninth and the White Sox, I think, uh, scored five to make it close. And since then, they haven't lost. Uh, might we look back at that? You know, they didn't complete the comeback, but they certainly uh, le- uh, left the field feeling better about themselves that they weren't embarrassed. Well, the Angels are a good team, by the way. They're 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 one of the stories yeah, of baseball. But uh, but those White Sox, uh, uh, I-, I think they're finally starting to look like the team that most thought that they would once they left spring training. Yeah, and you know they even started out like it, it was six and two, and then they're they've won their last six, so it was twelve and two bookends but just brutal in the middle. And teams will go through those stretches, and we probably wouldn't have noticed it as much in the middle of July. I mean, though though if it was a three-team race, then we we would have noticed it. But sometimes it just gets uh, heightened when when you look at the standings and you see, oh, man, they're 8-13. and I thought they were supposed to be good. Mm -hmm. Why are they bad? Um, They they didn't have time to build themselves up as much of a cushion before that, that really bad stretch. And uh, sometimes it's just a matter of that, like you said, the near comeback, then you get the win, then they get it. They get to go back to Chicago, not home, but to Chicago and beat the Cubs for two games. Then they go to Boston and get the struggling Sweep Red them. Sox for three and take them down all three. Now, here we go. And look who they're playing. <laughs> yeah. The Guardians. The yeah. And then the Yankees come in for, for four at the end of the week. So nice. this is a big week Fun for the week White Sox. There. And sometimes it is. You know, and I know that the old school people would love to hear this one. It's music to their ears, but you can talk about all the the computer measurements in the world, and I and I'm I look at both. I look at both sides of it, but at the end of the day, sometimes it it's just a matter of a team is full of human beings, and confidence is a big deal in baseball because, especially hitting, it's the hardest game to do. Just look at the percentages of what makes a good hitter compared to like a shooting percentage in the NBA, for example. Uh, when you're going bad, it seems like you're never going to get a hit again. When you're riding high, it feels like you're going to get hit every single time up. Maybe all they needed was something like that ninth inning against the Angels, and they said, hey, 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 mm-hmm. I know we lost this one, but we're right on the verge here. Mm-hmm. Then they get a win. Now they're looking at the Cubs and Red Sox, and maybe they started thinking, all right, now we're back. And hey, it's a thing of beauty when you're feeling like that, and maybe that's all they needed. The Red Sox are probably feeling like, are we going to get a win? 10-19 and 19 amazing. for the Red Sox. Baltimore's Offense, got a better record. It's crazy, and Devers, Bogarts. There's too much talent there. J.D. Martinez. These guys are all good, but the rest of that lineup is brutal. It's, it's top-heavy. Yeah, it's top-heavy. Mm. Now, you need a lot more from Trevor Story yes. if you're the Red Sox. Anything. You need a lot more from Alex <laughs> Verdugo. You need a lot more from Kike Hernandez. Those are the guys who you really need to step up because you have three stars. 
uh, you sign Story to what looks like at least a <laughs> semi-star contract there in the offseason. And Verdugo and Kike have to be the guys who give that line of depth there. And those three guys are not getting it done at all, and it makes the lineup, like we said, way too top-heavy. You're basically counting on three guys to be the only ones who can get it done. And then the rotation with Chris Dale hurt. Michael Walker has been a godsend to them, but he's hurt now. Uh, Rich Hill was pretty good. He's hurt now. Uh, caused them to have to throw – they've been throwing Garrett Whitlock back and forth. He should be their most valuable reliever, but he's made three starts. So the rotation is a big mess. The lineup's too top-heavy. And now, as we talked about, it snowballed. And they might be feeling like, man, are, are we ever going to win a series again? And you're in the wrong division to be feeling that way. <laughs> yeah. Because the Blue Jays, while they had a rough week, mm-hmm. are still really, really good. And they're sitting in third place behind all of a sudden the red-hot Rays. And, oh, by the way, the team with the best record in the American League in the Yankees. Yeah, it's amazing. The Yankees, uh, they look as though they're legit, too. I hate yeah. to say it. Yeah. Um, I hate to say that this team is playing the way they are. Hey, last thing for me, Matt Snyder. NBC's back in the baseball game uh, broadcasting early Sunday morning. Now, is that always going to Do you know? Are they going to? Because it yeah. was a 1030 start That's yesterday. It. And is Benetti doing all of the games on NBC on Sunday? Do you know? I don't know the broadcasting lineup. My, I would assume. Well, wait. It was white. I, I, you know, actually, I heard something about that. That that one of the streaming services. I, sorry, I can't keep it straight because they keep right. throwing them on there. But I heard one of them was going to use home announcers. So I bet mm. that's what that was. That whatever teams are there, they'll grab one of the play-by-play. Gotcha. Guys. Uh, so I bet you that's what that that was that deal. But I that is a weekly thing that it'll be. In eleven thirty Eastern, like the Sunday morning game, the start of the Sunday, uh, that type of deal. So that's a weekly thing there, and it will be exclusive on Peacock starting next Peacock. week. So yeah. no NBC. They did it for oh, the lead Jesus. up, and now it will go to their streaming it's platform. A streamer, you've yes. got to be kidding me! Why like is the uh, Apple TV Plus on Friday night? Uh, yeah, I think the thing that's most aggravating to me about that is. The people who subscribe to MLB.tv and MLB Extra Innings don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. we already paid you a lot of money. We should still at least get it. I understand if you're saying the fans who only have basic cable mm-hmm. or or whatever or just stream their regional team, if they want to get these streaming services, then they can get those games. I understand that. But don't take it away from your customers who are already paying to try to get every single game, you know? Mm-hmm. So the Cubs and the Padres are on ESPN Plus tonight. Does that mean Marquis doesn't have it? Not sure on that front. Uh, you, no, no, I think it sh- it still should. Uh, the only game that, like, the ESPN national broadcast that takes away from everything else is the right. Sunday night. I, I believe maybe it's changed, but I'm pretty sure that it would still be on Marquis. Good stuff. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, thank you. Love our baseball conversations on Monday. Look forward to next week. Thank you, Matt Snyder. Have a wonderful week. Anything you want to promote at CBSSports.com, what are you working on for the rest of the week? Uh, I'm, nothing specific <laughs> that I that is going to be earth-shattering, I don't think. But, hey, you know what? Sometimes we let the games dictate stuff. You hey, never know. Maybe we'll get some juicy content. Just real quick, uh, and uh, his name escapes me. The umpire that got caught up in the Baumgartner thing, he apologized. Oh, Dan, Bo- Dan Bellino. Right. Dan Bellino, yep. maybe. That's, That's it. Right. Yeah. He, I, he I, apologized. I, I was happy about that. So was I. He, 
he made a good comment, uh, something about when he first started to, uh, mm-hmm. they wanted them to umpire like their kids were watching from the front row, and he didn't live up to that standard. It was good to see the accountability. I now, agree with we you would more. have liked to have not seen the behavior in the first place mm-hmm. because, again, you're a game official, and I think I've mentioned before I used to officiate varsity high school football, and I know high school is different from the pros, but that's where I would also throw in, yeah, when you're the pros, you should be better. But the thing mm-hmm. I always thought is we're supposed to be the adults. So if a coach is out of control, if a player is out of control, you're supposed to be the adult that calms people down, not escalates the situation. And I'm just surprised that somebody got to the pros and is an escalator when you're supposed to be the one who de-escalates. Mm-hmm. But still, it was good to be accountable. We all make mistakes. So I was happy to see that. This will surprise you. A lot of people on Twitter didn't accept the apology. <laughs> Imagine that. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, like I said, he still did a bad job. Not but terrible. When you do Awful. a bad job afterwards, yeah. what I've said sometimes when I've messed up to my wife or kids, I'll be like, I messed up. I wish I had a time machine, but I don't. So the only thing I can say now is I'm sorry and I won't do it again. Yeah, right? I, I thought it was great that he uh, actually made that public, put it out on Twitter yeah. that uh, that he messed up and, and uh, was uh, admitted his mistake, culpable for it, and, and said he's going to get better. I uh, can only hope. Good yep. stuff. Thank you, Matt Snyder. Talk to you next week. Appreciate right. it. Take care. Yep, you do the same. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Jason Benetti will call all 18 of those games. Will he? But yes, these will be on Peacock. Do you have that one? I don't think. I don't know. I doubt it. That's one you got to ask, Grunch. Hey, I do just want to watch it on TV and change well, the channels. We are watching it on TV, but yeah, you can't change channels. You can't change the channels. No. Stupid. Come on, baseball. I thought they got one right. As much as people bitch about the blackout rule, mm-hmm. and I get it, they should. But putting one on a national broadcast network like they did yesterday, but they're going to give it to us for one week and then take it away? Yeah, if you want to see it going forward, subscribe to Peacock. I haven't is, seen any of the Apple TV ones on Friday nights. No, nor have I. I don't think I will. Nor, nor will I. When the Twins get there and I'll be bitching, it'll be a Friday night mm-hmm. and I'll be on the deck and I'll, all right, I'll do the free trial and then I'll forget to mm-hmm. cancel it and just on and on and on. Yeah, Thursday nights this fall, mm-hmm. Amazon TV for NFL. All right, we'll take our uh, time out. We do have a keyword to get to, however... Time for another $1,000 home run. Head to KXNO.com. Once you get there, enter this keyword in this nationwide contest that's ongoing. It is? It's pay. P-A-Y. Pay. Pay at KXNO.com. The keyword for the 11 o'clock hour. Pay at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Nick Oson covers Iowa State. He'll join Trent and I next. Trent's play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors. It's coming up. Miller and Condon. On Des Moines Sports Station, 106.1. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Trent Condon here for the Grum Tavern. Sometimes after arguing with Ken on the radio show, I just need a beer. Or after a long night of calling a game, I just need a beer. My favorite place to stop is the Grumpy Goat Tavern. With two locations in West Des Moines and 1st Street in Ankeny, where I can stop and grab that cold one. And they have over 50 beers on tap. Of course, my favorite's the domestics, but... 
If you're more adventurous, they have you covered. And it's not just drinks. The Grumpy Goat Tavern takes bar food to a new level. I'll see you next time at the Grumpy Goat Tavern. KXNO. Des Moines homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renter's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renter's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happy to... RenterHouseIowa.com Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. 1135 Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent's play today. Circus Sports sponsors it. It's coming up in about 15 minutes right now. Our friend Nick Oson covers Iowa State at 24-7 sportscyclonealert.com. He joins us. Catch up on all things Cyclones. A lot of recruiting stuff going on. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, Nick, first of all, uh, how are you this morning? Doing very well, guys. How about you? Doing well. Thanks for coming on, as always. So let's start with the A.J. Green. I saw on Twitter this morning, very early, that some insider with 111 followers uh, tweeted that uh, A.J. Green, is it's a done deal. He's coming to Iowa State. Now, this guy may be proven right in the end. Um, but apparently, that Chris Williams, of course, sits in this chair from 3 until 6, Monday through Friday. And at Cyclone Fanatic, he shot it down, said, um, you know, not so fast. What are you hearing uh, on A.J. Green? Are we closer this Monday than we were last Monday to knowing where he'll play this coming season? Yeah, our our mutual friend Chris is, of course, uh, spot on on that. And that, you know, insider, I'm not really sure uh, what that account is really about. I would say we're a little closer um, in terms of, you know, kind of confidence of what might happen if he returns to the college game. Uh, I am in a pretty confident spot that it will be at Iowa State. However, a decision and an actual timeline will likely be another at least two to three weeks. Uh, you know, as Chris mentioned, he's worked out at, you know, a couple NBA spots. I heard that he really impressed um, with some of the Bucks department as well. And, I mean, you know, he's a great shooter, and so obviously he's going to get these looks. He's got workouts, and he's putting the time in with multiple NBA teams. Do I think it's the most likely he's, you know, necessarily going to get a two-way deal at this point? It's going to be pretty tough just because of where I've kind of seen him on draft boards and things like that. But I'm feeling very confident that if he's playing college basketball next year, I do believe it will be with the Cyclones. Since we spoke last, Gabe Kelsher officially announced that he's coming back. Everybody, for the most part, anticipated that was going to be the case, and and he announced it last week. So that becomes official. What does that mean in terms of scholarships and kind of filling out the rest of the roster now that we know officially Kelsher's coming back for another year? 
Yeah, very expected, but, you know, it was nice for him to make that official announcement. So, you know, kind of what I'm gathering is there's still this big emphasis on, you know, a big man. They had a, a visitor this weekend uh, from St. Bonaventure's same team as guard Jaron Holm as well. So they're looking to fill ideally like another good spot at the four or five and then, you know, potentially have that scholarship sitting there if A.J. Green were to come back and play for Iowa State. So it definitely, you know, it's kind of helping fill out the roster. I'm learning and, you know, I know these, these coaches definitely see how crazy this process is and how long it can take with, with the portal and, and NIL and things like that right now. But we're getting close to the finish line in terms of scholarships. There should just be really one that's kind of focused on outside of AJ at this point. Hmm. Sounds like there's a chance Will McDonald will uh, fill the shoes of Will McDonald uh, at, at some point here in the years <laughs> to come. Uh, once Will McDonald graduates, there's another Will McDonald potentially in the pipeline. Is that what you uh, reported this week? Yeah, he, he's also from Wisconsin. Uh, he really, you know, really likes a lot of what Iowa State has to offer. First Power Five, I think they're establishing some really good relationships there. I really like kind of his first step and explosiveness, especially for his size at the DN position. Now, a you know, potential Badgers Wisconsin offer would hold a lot of weight. Uh, he's a Wisconsin kid, and I believe his brother also plays on Wisconsin right now, but. At this moment, I'd say Iowa State is in a pretty good spot with the second Will McDonald. Second Will McDonald, and boy, if he's close to the first one, he got something <laughs> yeah. certainly brewing there. You know, we talked uh, with you last week a little bit about the departures that we've seen, so many in the defensive backfield room that have left here uh, since the start of football season a year ago. But one guy that's sticking around for another year is Anthony Johnson. And the decision to go from cornerback to the depth that they have built up there move him to safety. A, what does that say about him? And, and I've I've seen some things talk about him at the next level. Is he a cornerback in the NFL? Maybe not, but he certainly could be a safety, the ability to help himself come next April in the NFL draft. Yeah, I think that decision really, you know, kind of told a lot about Anthony as well as the staff. I think that, you know, it's something that will end up helping Iowa State as a whole, but the fact that you know, they really talked about it at some of the press conferences that we were able to attend this spring that, you know, we want to put Anthony in a good spot for his future as well. His NFL future would likely be at safety, doesn't necessarily, you know, kind of fit the mold and some of the gameplay of an NFL corner. And quite honestly, from what I saw at spring ball, I think it's going to be great for the Cyclones this season. I mean, he's just a really smart, hardworking you know, talented defensive back that Iowa State has and really is lucky to have again this season. I think there's going to be a lot of expectations from guys like him, Freeler, and Purchase come this year, especially as some of this depth has, you know, kind of been gone to the transfer portal, as we've noted. Nick, uh, the, the secondaries you mentioned or Trent mentioned uh, kind of um, – they're still getting guys in. So this kid from junior college, uh, Trevion McGee, I don't know anything about him. I don't know if you've seen him or seen any film on him. But my, my question is, when it comes to Juco, when, when you're getting a guy this late in the process, does this mean that, you know, the teams have kicked the tires and decided not to offer and, um, and it basically not picking up the scraps? That would be unfair to him. But you get my point that, you know, why is he still available? And does this mean he not necessarily the, uh, um, the, the focus of a lot of teams? Because if there would have been an offer from another team, he in all likelihood would have gone there. When your kids are getting, uh, uh committing this late from a JUCO program, what does this mean about their ability? 
Yeah, you know, I do think it, it can be a matter of, you know, kind of teams at the highest level not necessarily fully buying in or, or wanting to offer. But I also think sometimes kids really just get looked over. And I can okay. say, you know, confidently that this staff is actually pretty excited about what he has to offer. I watched some film. You know, the, the stats aren't necessarily going to jump off the page. But he's someone that can get physical. He's not afraid to really play up in the run game. And what he's best at is kind of being that ball hawk. And, you know, actually I spoke with him later that night on Friday. And, you know, he's excited to be kind of like that free-moving safety in this defense. I expect him to be a little bit more of a depth piece, at least to start. But, you know, he kind of frames himself as a ball hawk. And, you know, his measurements and the limited film that I watched would kind of match that as well from speaking with McGee over the weekend. So saw a retweet from you over the weekend, and it was Jamison Patton catching a touchdown from J.J. Cole as they're going through some 7-on-7 work. I know you're early in your career at 24-7 and figuring this out, but these 7-on-7 camps, something that weren't a thing for such a long time, Mm -hmm. and now you know to see Iowa athletes out there and playing in these kind of events, just how important that is for the development of guys like Cole and and Patton, who still may be figuring out exactly, is he a safety, a wide receiver, what is he going to be at the next level? Just how you've seen and the impact that it makes on your job on the recruiting trail, these 7-on-7 camps. Yeah, you know, I think they're a really good thing, especially from speaking with these guys. You know, they tell me that, kind of like you mentioned, it's new to a lot of these Iowa athletes and something that they didn't necessarily always participate in. I think it's huge for quarterbacks. I think it often, you know, can kind of test you against different levels of competition. Obviously, there's a lot of throwing in a, you know, kind of seven-on-seven setting like that. And for Patton, I mean, he's obviously projected as a safety, and, you know, that's where he's generally going to end up but I really wouldn't be shocked if he gets some offensive packages at the next level really wherever he goes I mean from what I've seen now and from speaking with him and what's anticipated at Ankeny he's got you know pretty good route running ability and really good hands so I think it's just kind of another example of ways to face higher competition that you might not always play you know in your area within your high school conference and you know in addition you mentioned the 24-7 it's a way to kind of get more eyes and, and ratings on you as well long-term if you're continuing to grow and perform well on the 7-on-7 seven seven circuit. Uh, last thing for me, back to basketball. Iowa State apparently in on a 7-footer. Boy, it's been a long time uh, since they had a kid of that size. How, how, Xavier Foster was what, Trent? 6'10", 6'11"? Yeah, 6'11". 6'11", yeah. so he's there then. Uh, what, uh, what, what's the likelihood J.T. Rock plays his college ball in Iowa State? And if he does, who is the favorite for him right now? Yeah, I spoke with him a couple weeks ago, and, you know, it's early for him. He is a 2024 guy. Oh, that far out. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably say Iowa State and Purdue are kind of putting in the most work with him right now. You know, Purdue obviously has a great recent history of, you know, guys like that obviously being able to score and some being able to get to the next level. But Cyclones are putting in a lot of time with him, as are the Badgers as well. Hmm. Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com, CycloneAlert.com. Nick, as always, thank you, Nick. We appreciate you coming on, talking with you next Monday. Thank you. Always appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Thank you, Nick Olson, talking Iowa State as we catch up on the clones. Yeah, seven-footer, 2024, though. I thought he was 23. Still a ways Still down. a waste away. All these numbers make me feel so old. <laughs> mm. 2023, 2024. Yeah. They just keep stacking up mm-hmm. year after year, don't they? Uh, Patton is a is a receiver. Yeah, probably. I mean, he'll play that at high school for Ankeny, but yeah, I think everybody anticipates he's going to be a safety. 
A safety? Yes. Did you see him? Have you seen him in a high school game? Yeah, I've, I've done, I think, three. Oh, have games. you done yeah. Roosevelt? What, what's your thoughts? Well, Very athletic, obviously. Yeah, he's playing quarterback. He didn't have a whole lot of time, a whole lot of uh-huh. protection. It was usually, I think I did them once against Waukee. Every time they were pretty decided underdogs, and you could see that. Mm-hmm. Just didn't have time. It was hard to see exactly as a quarterback what he was, but that's not where he projects at the next level, mm-hmm. and that's a reason he's going to finish up his career up with Ankeny this year and catching balls and playing a little defense. Now, didn't uh, didn't WHO TV do in Roosevelt? I think they did one of their games last year. Yeah, that year. sounds right. I yep. guess one of the Washington I think it's, schools, what, it's when they pulled the upset and got the first win for a metro school against a suburban that? school. Uh, good stuff, and it's good to see that they're coming back next uh, this coming season. I know you'll be on the radio, I but will. Uh, we'd like to watch a few of them on the TV. And good for HO, WHO TV uh, for continuing that. Uh, we'll come back. Trent's play of the day, Circus Sports. There's hoops, there's puck, there's bases. Oh, there's plenty of opportunities. Trent will tell you which path he's taking next on Des Moines Sports Station 106.9. And a member FDIC. Most everyone knows that the Grumpy Goat Tavern has great lunches and dinners. But did you know that the Grumpy Goat Tavern also has breakfast? Classics like steak and eggs, the hangover burrito, chorizo biscuits and gravy. You can step it up with the shrimp and grits, breakfast fried rice, or hot chicken and waffles. And don't forget the big-ass cinnamon roll. Plus, bottomless Bloody Marys and mimosas. Do brunch at the Grumpy Goat Tavern, Mills Civic in West Des Moines, 50th Street in West Des Moines, and in Ankeny. Frictions apply. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hi, right, final couple of minutes here. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, 106.3 KX. And oh boy, Circa got crushed on the Derby. They offered fixed odds. Yeah. I think Rich Strike was 200 to 1. Whoa. Yeah. 200 yes. to 1. They were upside down. I saw the month of April was very good to us betters using Circa. Was it? Yeah, we had a winning month against our friends from Circa Sports. <laughs> really? Yeah. Cost of money to be in the state of Iowa in April. So those numbers are out. I they didn't are. see them. Yep. How, how about overall? What was the, were up or down? That was month? the first thing that I looked at. That didn't have a chance to dig too deep into it. But yeah, that came out, I think, Friday afternoon from the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission. A pretty good month uh, for April. The betters got them. Wonder what? Yeah. Where did they cash? Masters could have been that. What else would have been? There's no NFL draft. Baseball Betting against the Cincinnati Reds. Well, speaking of that, oh, we are. Let's get to it. Who are you playing today? Well, I told you I had to go away with them playing the Pirates this weekend, and the Reds got a couple mm-hmm. of games. Their they first did. series win. Of the season. We're going back the other way. Castilla gets his first start of the year for the Reds. Mm-hmm. I always like betting against guys coming off injury. Yeah. Their first start of the year. And it's Woodruff, who's not been good. Nope. From certainly his standards. I'm going to lay the one and a half, though, with the Brew Crew and get the plus 110 on that side. So that's what we got in baseball. One other dog. Give me the Guardians. Plus 165 against Kopech and the White Sox uh, here this evening. Who pitches for Cleveland? I don't remember offhand right. who it was. And 
more than anything, it's the fate of a team winning six in a row against the godforsaken. Cleveland's been good, too. They took three yeah. or four from the Jays. Plus 165, that seemed good. That is a good number. We're going zigzag in both NBA games. It could be Boston, Moneyline, just minus 105. It's a one-point spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, and give me Memphis plus the 10.5. And, a half. and finally, Memphis gets them, huh? I don't think they get them. I think it's going to be a more okay. compelling game. 10.5, right. the number, in that front. And we wrap up with your beloved hockey. Yes, Flames? No, you, you told me no chance. I, I looked at the stars before the series, and you talked me out of it. I'm sorry. I didn't think they stood a chance. I'm taking them tonight minus 156. Parlayed. So you're taking the Flames minus 156. Yes. They have to win. With a team that also has to win, the Florida Panthers. Yeah, they're up against the two Washington. Two road favorites. I normally do not like this spot, but put it together you get plus 156 at Circa, and that's the best odds out there. Well, I think that you will cash that ticket. Not so sure about Memphis. How many are you getting? Ten and a half. That's a, that's a lot. It's I, a lot. Yeah. I can see why you're doing that. All right, good stuff. We'll grade your, uh, grade your work here tomorrow. Sounds great. Uh, Murph and Andy coming up in uh, an hour and five minutes, and the Fanatics are here at three. Fun show today. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear Trent and I every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon as we talk sports with you on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.